And uh, as promised, we are joined in the studio by a traditional healer, to chat about her journey in African um, spirituality. Hello, Mr. Coxen. Oh, Mr. Coxen. <laughs> Where's the Coxen coming But you know, from? you know, black people, we like... <laughs> spicing things spicing up. Spicing things yeah. Remix. But why are Sangomas called Gogos? Um, actually, I pioneered Gogo. And I intentionally wanted not to be called a traditional doctor, uh. but a Gogo. Um, because before we just knew them as, you know, traditional healers yes. or sangomas. Then they're referred to gogos, makosis and different ones. But the reason I um, I wanted to be called a gogo is because then I walk with indigenous knowledge. I walk okay. with elders who speak through me. I work yeah. with elders who work through me. And I saw that as an honor and I wanted to wear it as a badge of honor. Because okay. then people always think gogo is umundom dal. Yeah. Yeah, but remember yeah. in our mm. culture also, we'd never sent off our elderly to their to homes because they became our libraries, they became our encyclopedias yes, yes. because then they would teach us things that we would not find in classrooms. True. So people who are called into the calling of healing, then they assume that role of eldership because then people go to tap in into the world of their ancestors. You become an encyclopedia because as a gogo or as a sangoma, you are an intermediary between the living and those who have passed on. So, um, question, as a traditional healer, um, I take it you'll you'll have a calling. Yeah, that's what you know. Yeah. I always hear from people. You'll have dreams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, am I correct to say a majority of people who get a calling are females? Am I correct yeah. to say that? Yeah, right. Because yeah. yeah. I've been hearing that a lot. Yeah. from from you know females like you know and apparently uh, you know a right? uh, hundred years ago there was just only females yes who were healers and not males mm. because also traditional healing is vast in terms of you know the different practices we do i'm a sangoma then you've got traditional medicine people then you've got traditional surgeons which is mostly males mm. who perform surgeries especially in male initiation schools yeah. mm. then you've got birth attendants and then now we also have abatandasi you know, prophets or prophetesses. Mm. So there's different kinds. But when it came to the the practice of Sangoma, mostly it was a female. So as a Sangoma, what is it that you do? I do a lot of things as mm. a Sangoma. Um, you know, my, my key function is to create an alignment and a balance between spirit, by body and mind. And, the, you know, when people come to me for personal consultations is I need to do a diagnosis. And once I do a diagnosis, then prescribe a particular treatment in order to align something. And in most cases, I find that when people are not spiritually healthy, they experience a lot of disease, which is something that is not at ease. So you'll find that there is socioeconomical imbalances in your life and you don't understand. But because spiritually things are not are not aligned, mm. you know, or you find somebody experiencing persistent headaches, physical symptoms, which when you look at them, you'll think these are biological or these are what we would see a doctor for mm. but they don't find cures or they don't go away because again the root causes are spiritual because you know the difference between us and medical doctors is we seek for the root cause so we continuously ask questions and we also give counseling and, and psychotherapy and psycho support to the patients we, we kind of do so much all in one you know because we also prescribe medicine or, or, or do treatments 
So interesting. And so, teach. I teach as a Sangoma. Specific, I won't speak for all the Sangoma. And I never do that because we all are gifted differently and we all work differently. But I've, I've seen my role or my highest form of, of the calling in the Sangoma field is to be an African spiritual teacher. So I don't just diagnose. I make people understand what the diagnosis is about. And it's, it's an empowering session because I don't want people to have a dependent type of relationship but an enabling relationship so they can be able to be spiritual healthy without me being fully involved in their lives. So um, I'm actually interested to to find out, I mean, when did you get this calling? And, you know, when you got it, what mm. was your reaction? Were you mm. not scared? Mm. Didn't you frown? At, ah, I mean, no, never. I was like, I mean? no, I, mean, I, I yeah. looked at Sangomas. How old were you? I was 16. Um, When I understood that I was unique, I was 16. Mm. I didn't know it was the calling, but I started having dreams and premonitions. And a lot of times um, would be in church because I was a born again Christian. So I didn't believe in the practice. Um, And I fought it for the longest of time. Even when I moved away from religion, I didn't move away from God. People need to understand that because Mm. this practice would not happen if God was not part of it. Because everything we work, it's in alignment with God and nature. Because we, we use medicines which God has created. We use the rivers and the mountains which mm. God has created. And we ask God for, for, for you know, to empower us with healing hands and healing abilities as we do our work. So, no, I didn't. I didn't accept it because I also I, I came from a background of this is demonic. I came from a background where people who became Sangomas turned out to be nobodies. And I didn't want to be a nobody. So mm. I had aspirations and I had dreams as a, as, a, as a young woman growing up in Alexandra. And when I saw them, I was like, God, I am not going to be like those people because there were those slow people. I was like, no, barefooted and and all of those things. It didn't look like something I aspired to become. And so there was a lot of resistance. And because we don't have also stories that share the positive narrative about this work. So there was nowhere to look where I can be like, oh, this is aspirational. This, there's some positivity. And when I saw people speak about it, there was always in defense of some dark practice. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. multi rituals yeah. that have been performed. Yeah. So it was really associated with a lot of darkness. So, of course, there was, it's nothing that I wanted to become. I, I never dreamt of it. But would I, if I find out, would I do it again? Definitely, with no doubt. What did the church say? Because you were you were you were part of a church yes. as a Christian. Was the church open and no. welcoming to no. your to your gift? No. And, um, what were they? Re- what were the reasons that they gave you? Demonic for not? possessed. I always they used to perform exorcism on me every time I went to church because I would evoke. And uh, because the church didn't understand what was going on, because I would evoke and somebody would speak through me. And of course, that's the devil. Mm. Who is that man that speaks mm. through you? Mm. Right. And at the time as well, because I was in high school, I got diagnosed with a mental illness. It was seen as psychoticness. So and I stayed in a psychotic hospital for six months. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but over time, has, uh, you know, people's attitudes changed? towards sangomas you know and spirituality um, most of especially our people yes i think we're becoming a woke generation you know i think we are asking the right kinds of questions we're interrogating a lot of things and and especially people who also are becoming accomplished in their own fields they're realizing mm. that man but i've got everything but something still misses within yeah. me because some people come and everything seems in order but yeah. they experiencing depression yeah. but they don't know why because also antidepressants are not helping them there's a lack of contentment a lack of peace so it has nothing to do with people coming because of the calling but something feels empty and it's because they don't have a connection with their ancestors 
or their ancestry or their roots or their traditions or their cultures. So people are starting to become more open, but also people are still very critical because mm. people still call it all you know sorts of names and yeah. and different things. I think it's going to take a while for us to start seeing African spirituality amongst global religions because you know there's we've got multiple religions and nobody comes and demonizes those as much as they demonize African but spirituality. But how did you make peace with it? How did you how did you come to an understanding that this is not something that I should you know look at as 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 demon possessed or yeah in an evil or negative manner? Okay, so I think for me is I understood that as you know in in in, in as a Christian and I was also in in youth ministry, so I was a preacher. And that everything that I preached and taught was not applicable in my life. And my life was not, the, the changes and the redemption that I was seeking was not occurring. So I started to feel like a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Like I'm standing in front of people and I'm telling them things that in my life were not manifesting. So I started to go into inquiry about really who am I and who is this God that I believe in? I was like, God, you better show up for me because I was so dedicated. I went to church Monday to Sunday and I participated in all the church activities. And then I started to inquire. And then I remember one time when I had... I conceived and I lost my babies with no explanation. And my dad, you know, took me to someone and they said, which is mm. a ritual of, you know, introducing one to their ancestors. And my dad did it. And it, it crystallized so many things. So many things that were not pulling together started to pull together. I started to be interviewed, you know, getting interviews and finding I was now in a stable relationship. I was like, okay, there's something into it. But I wasn't there just was sold. Shift. When there was that, I think for me, when there was a tangible shift in my life, um, something started to shift within me. But I was still very skeptical. It, it took me a while to get to this point. So, yeah, this is Radio 2000, the Glenzito Superdrive. It's a Wednesday afternoon for those who've just landed. We are in the studio. Our guest today is traditional healer Koko Dineo Ndlazi, uh, chatting about her journey and African spirituality. And we're just talking about, you know, uh, uh, so okay we okay so i think we've got a we, we've got a commercial so so sletelimali kwa figure wena kwangeni imali ku radio 2000 no more going to government for money <laughs> let's take a quick break we'll be right back do you need help with school? Are you Feel it. This is good music. Radio 2000. So, um, in the studio, we've got Coco Dineo and Lazi Trishna Hill. I'm sure, uh, 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 Coco Dineo, I'm sure there are people who are just scared just to be around you, ne? <laughs> no. They get fascinated. They get fascinated. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure you are able to pick up things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Obviously, it depends on the individual if they yeah. they want to consult. Or, do you know what I mean? So, you're able to just, like, pick it up and... Like, look at you do and you, see yeah. things. So, do you just, like, do say you, it abruptly, ma? Do you, do you say, I'm seeing things about you? Do you? Are you asking if I can see things mm. about you? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. do you think, you know... You know, because I mean, even when I was at Metro, you know, we used to try and engage people and talk about spirituality. Yes. And 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 and. and, and I so wanted to be on your show. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen. But you know, but do you think radio is also actually helping? Yes, definitely, you know? definitely. Mm-hmm. I think media, media's engagement in, yeah. in in its curiosity in exploring African spirituality, and also people who are are, are revered and yeah. looked up to, influential mm-hmm. people in the public space who are starting to own. I mean, I I saw something trending on Twitter where you know. 
Moketsi has started to come out openly that now yes, she's she a Sangoma has. and yeah. she had to do this rituals before she did the actual wedding ceremony. What There's we call a whole the television Wattiyas. show on it. Yes, actually, you yes. know. And I think for me, the more we can do that, because who are the people to change the narrative that demonize African it's spirituality? Us. It is us. So mm. we can't always just look at what is it that somebody did. So we, the power is in our hands because we are now occupying those spaces. But also the curious minds. I love the curious producers, the directors who don't really believe in what this is, but then can invite people like us not to defend the practice, Absolutely. but to explore and create understanding for people. You know, then it, 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 it changes. The, that's why the narrative is changing. But also, Gogo, you, we've seen some Sunday papers or daily papers who mm. talk about a lightning came and it was whatever uh, went to a sangoma and this. There are false sangomas yes, no, there, out there. I think, How yes. do I tell um, if I want to go for a consultation yes. with this person? I get on. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that we can tell is that when somebody starts to tell you that they're going to do everything for you, it's impossible. Because remember, if I'm an intermediary, it means I'm actually a facilitator. Mm. So when I'm facilitating something, I have no powers to actually do it for you. I'm just there to facilitate. So the minute somebody is a master of everything, mm. that's a run. You know, mm. you'll win the lotto. I will do that. And somebody does something against your will. So if somebody, you're going to a healer and they're imposing a treatment and they're telling you you have to do it now. When there's threats and, and, and cohesion in doing things, then you should be. Because all of us are given our spirit voice, whether it's an intuition or a gut, when you get into a place and you're like, this doesn't feel right. Mm. This doesn't feel right. Do not go. And as a first time, I always say to people, you might as well go to three other people to confirm that diagnosis before you make an action. Because a lot of times they speak about people who have a calling. They get to a place and like you have a calling, you have to do it now. If you don't do it, somebody's going to die. You're going to lose your money. You're going to lose yes, all, everything. Yes, yes. You, you know, when the stress in it, that person also doesn't work with a place of integrity. Because if I'm introducing something that you were unaware, it is my responsibility to guide you, to show you some sort of way, but not impose my way on you, you know, to say where you are at. So as, as an institute, what we have uh, incorporated is psychology. We've got a psychologist in the house because we realize that this is a mind change for people. This It creates an emotional and a psychological imbalance that sometimes people, you could clearly see this person has to take the call now. But we say, no, why don't you do this thing so you could be open to the journey yourself? You could mm. be open to doing things or to some people like go pray and speak to God. If God wants you to do things by connecting with your ancestors, God will reveal to you. Because if we're working with, it, with integrity, we cannot impose our will upon the other. Mm. So, um, how do people get hold of you? I mean, times have changed. Do you know what I mean? Some are even consulting media. on social media via DMs and emails. <laughs> I don't is that consult. A real thing? I don't because I feel for me mm. via DMs is uh, you know it's it's that you lose a lot of things via text. Yeah. Mm. And maybe some people do it because I'm not losing a fine, so mm. I can't speak on their behalf. But we do telephone consultations. We do okay. Skype consultations because my our clientele is not only local. You know, we've got Africans in the diaspora, even non-Africans, Abelung, who want to understand their ancestry. They con- Consult, you know, because this practice is not only for black people. It's about getting a, a spiritually healthy life. It is not only one-sided. So people can find us on kokodinoandlanzi.com. That's our website. And we're moving our appointments online. So now you can actually go online and look at our calendar, my diary, the diary of the other healers that I work with and book online, get an SMS. So it's, like, it's a team of healers. It's a team of with. healers that I work with because it's not sustainable for me to be doing it alone. And of course my rates are higher because of my experience and the, the years, like any other practice. When you say hi, Gogo, how much is high? How high is my, my consultation rate is 1550 okay. You know, 
know, and I'm not going to be apologetic about yeah. it because, like I said, if you're going to go see a specialist, you won't pay the same price as you're seeing a GP. No. So people would come with me because they are seeking that or they've dreamt of me or because they need, I resonate with them for those things. But that's, on, that's only, that's a general because there's different kinds. There's telephone, there's family consultations, there's couple consultations. So my basic one, but for the institute is 550 um, that we, we do consultations for. And people need to understand that somebody might be higher than me or cheaper than me. We all work differently. You know, same thing, a doctor in Parkest will not charge as the doctor in Sentin nope. or the doctor in Soweto. You know, different things inform different rates and, and people have to also go where they can. They want to go where they can afford. I always admire people who come to me with nothing, right? There's people who come yeah. to me like, that's my last money. And you can see they genuinely need help. And I will try to find a way to help them. But I have to ask those who have given me those rates because we don't determine the rates. We get guided by our ancestors to say, okay, it's time for an increment. I've had this rate for two years. I haven't increased it. Mm-hmm. Then when they come and say it's time for an increment, then we, we increase. So even when people come and some people will say, um, Yo, Coco, I have no money. It's so funny when our people, when it comes to us, there's so much negotiation, you know? Glenn, I you, know, like yeah. I know, I know our people, <laughs> you know? they'll come to you, because they'll go to a sentence, they yes. never ask questions, they yes. pay, they walk yes. out, when they come to you, ah, uh, what about family discount? Yes, like, but for, you know, mm. and I think for me, that's yeah, because that's then true. we continue saying Sangomas are poor, that's why I don't want to be one. Mm. Sangomas are that, but we don't want to invest in our own. So how are we going to grow in the practice? Mm. How do we grow in the technology, in the customer service that we offer? Because I think for me, Customer service is very important because mm. it's people's lives that we're dealing with. They need to feel safe in the spaces in which are, they're being consulted on. Can just a last one, Gogo, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Can Caucasians be Amazangom? Caucasians as in mixed race. White anyone, people. anyone can be a Sangoma because okay. a Sangoma, what are you? An intermarry between those who have passed on, those who are living. Mm. So everybody has a people who've passed on. You know, all different types of races. And spirit choose the compatible. Doesn't choose because we're not. It's are you able, are you capable, and can you do the work that they want you to do? There you go. Coco, Dineo, and Lazi. Such a pleasure <sighs> having you on the show. Thank you, Claire. Uh, 1500 is not a lot of money. Yeah. Really, thank 1, you. 1,500. I've heard you know. some people say that. No, I, you know, it's not a lot of in life, I think as a person, you need to you value yourself, mm. you, you know, and uh, once you reach a certain level and you say, this is what I charge, and you stay there. Yeah. You know, don't be apologetic. It. And people who want the service will pay for it. People yes. will come, no, and people come from all yeah. sorts of life, from everywhere. And I've also, we need to also understand that not everybody's for everyone. No. Yes. You no. know, and it's a way of filtering that way, you know. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's simple as that. <laughs>